Yes, we are an Arsenal podcast. You can get us on Twitter at clockend underscore talk. I am back and I am your host this week, Tez. You can get me at Gunnar Tez and I'm always joined by Tony. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, I'm still awake after yesterday's game. I mean, I had a good nap during it or that's what it felt like was happening. But all good. All good, all good. And um, as you all know, and I'll explain in a little bit why we have a couple of newbies, but we do have a new newbie this week with us, Tony, and that is Sam. He's a real American. How are you, Sam? I'm doing great, thanks. Happy to be here. I'm, I'm just happy to have a real American, unlike Schwinn, mate. He, he, he conned us a fucking absolute beauty. <laughs> Shout out to Schwinn because I know he's listening. But anyway, Schwinn, this is what a, a real American sounds like, mate. So welcome, Sam. Um, just to let everybody know, look, I've been, uh, I suppose, missing in action for a couple of weeks. Um, as you all know, I did have a few health issues. I've got a team of about eight different specialists and whatnot. So um, Darren, he's doing a great job hosting as well. And Tony's always here, but there will be times and weeks that I... I'm not able to make it, so uh, I do get a lot of DMs and asking where am I, but there's not much I can do when I'm at doctors I and things like that. I reckon you have got exactly zero DMs asking where you are. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've got, abs- I've got heaps, actually. I've, I was so surprised and shocked because the hundreds of fans who keep uh, messaging me asking where is Tez, just, haven't you seen the WhatsApp group, mate? Come on. Yeah, no one's asked, ever. I'm not even sure they know who you are. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, um, if you're a new, new listener to the podcast, yes, I did have some health issues. Um, anyway, I won't go into it much, but, yeah, so because I'm still trying to understand it all myself. So um, Anyway, let's get on to a couple of things. So, Tony, we announced the new manager, which was probably the worst-kept secret that I could know of. But, yeah, Arteta, he's in. Yeah, um, uh, in typical Arsenal fashion, seemed to take forever after everyone knew, as you said. Um, I said on here last week that I'm convinced that photo was staged outside his house. Not that it wasn't real, but I, someone's told the press to be there, whether it was him or us. Um, don't really know why they've done that, but they're pictured posing outside his house. They wasn't rushing to get into the car, posing outside his house at 1 a.m., in a club vehicle with a club number plate doesn't add up to me. So you can pretty much safe to assume that that deal was pretty much done on Sunday night, uh, Monday morning, and then still took till what five o'clock Friday to announce him. Mm-hmm. Seems very strange. Um, but yeah, it's over the line. His press conference was phenomenal. Um, I don't think he could have done any better. And I think a lot of the people that didn't want him were a lot more confident after the press conference, which is probably all you can ask for. He's done as much as he can so far. 
Um, so the journey begins. Sam, your thoughts, mate, uh, on the appointment of Arteta? Really agree with a lot of what Tony said, but um, I mean, he said all the right things, especially for the, the group of people who, you know, maybe weren't looking forward to him and had their doubts. I think he really came out and shared a lot of thoughts that we have as fans. And um, I'm really excited to see what he can do. But um, time will tell. Yeah, look, I'm a little bit... Um, look, I'm not disappointed by any means. Like, I'll always support the manager, whoever that is. I actually threw out a little Patreon article. Um, it might have been the day before it was announced. And I said, is this a joke? Um, I can't actually, I didn't print it out, or I didn't publish it out on the uh, blog because there was a few swear words and whatnot in it. I won't read the article because I can't even find it now, but um, look, basically, I'm a little bit disappointed, um, and, and nothing against Arteta at all, like, don't get me wrong, I, I wouldn't matter if it was Tony Adams, Vieira, uh, Henry, it wouldn't matter who it was as an Arsenal, you know, Arsenal legend, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that he's just got no experience. And I look at our football team and I think there is a lot of things that need fixing. And I, I just don't know if Arteta's that man, Tony. Um, I, I just think we need a disciplinarian. And, and to be honest, I wasn't sure if he was that. Um, and then the reports were coming out that, that he is like that and he's very tough. And, and, and what he said seems to back that up, that... I think one of the quotes was basically when it's time to have fun, he's at the front of the queue. But when it's not, you've got to be serious and you've got to work. And saying little things like, oh, there's non-negotiables. There's certain things that they're, they're not up for discussion. It's his way or the highway. Now the trick is, or now the, the trick is the wrong word. Now the challenge is to, to live up to that. It's all well and good saying these things. Um, and he's got to now do them. So if players break these non-negotiables, are they going to get rid of them? We was all rejoiced last year when Sven and Ra not Sven, sorry, Raul and Vinay done the interview saying if you have two years left in your contract and you don't sign, you're off. Well, literally less than six months later, we're down to three key players with only 18 months left. So look, he said all the right things. I don't think, as I said, I don't think the press conference could have gone any better. And for what we needed in terms of needing someone that's just going to be really strong on discipline, I don't think any of the names out there would have fitted in terms of that. They would have fitted in terms of football sense. Look, don't get me wrong, everyone knows Pochettino was my first choice. But I don't think he would have had the discipline we needed. I was just going on his record and he has been a very good manager. That part of Arteta is unknown, but he's, he's definitely said the right things in terms of disciplinary. And to be honest, that would have been the first thing because I'm one of them people that some will call foolish that doesn't think it's the hardest job in the world at Arsenal. I think we've got good players. I think it will be quite easy to mould them into a football team. I think the biggest issue is the attitude and getting them to play together and getting them to buy into what the manager or the coach wants them to do. So I think if he gets a disciplinary right, if he gets everyone buying into his plans, I think the job becomes quite easy. Before I go to Sam and get his his opinion, I just do you think? And and look, I'm. I'm I might be playing a little bit of devil's advocate here because um, otherwise it'd be a very boring show. <laughs> but Tony, do you think like Arteta, his name was mentioned well before, well, along the runnings of Emery. Um, we were led to believe it was Arteta Emery. Uh, some didn't even realise Emery was even in the frame. I think it was, but Arteta was a pretty strong favourite back then. Do you feel that it's 
well, do you wonder whether it's been a little bit lazy on Arsenal? Well, Arteta's the bloke because you know he was going to be second fill. He was he was second choice from memory anyway. So let's just just he's now. Well, yes and no, because in a sense, if if like he was second choice, that was because he beat off all of these other candidates. If he beat off all of these other candidates eighteen months ago, and they've done nothing. In, like say Ancelotti for example has done nothing in the meantime to make you think that he's now jumped ahead of Arteta Arteta as an assistant and yes I know as an assistant has gone on to win three trophies since then so his stock has either risen or stayed exactly the same he's not got any worse people like Ancelotti have so I don't know if saying it was an easy decision is is the right way to put it but it kind of makes sense when you when you put it that way um, also, it has great symmetry to to when we got Wenger the year before they got Wenger, they were looking at they were looking at him and then they kind of half bottled it and went with Bruce Rioch, who was in a sense a safer name. He'd been managing in England and and at that time European football didn't really exist. I think Ferguson was considered a foreign manager because he was Scottish at the time. That's sort of how the English league was then. And and this time obviously they went with Emery because he was a safer bet than Arteta. He'd won European trophies and whatnot. And then a year later, or just over a year later, they've gone back to to get the man that was the unsafe choice. So I know it's a bit of different board and whatnot, but there is a lot of symmetry to to what happened in 1996. Mm-hmm. Sam, your thoughts, mate? Um, Arteta, look, and, and you are you said you were impressed with the with the press conference, and look, I I must admit I was too. He said all the right things. Um, but do you have that little bit of worry tactical when things come to push comes to shove and whatnot? Sorry, before Sam answers, can I just buy in? <laughs> Sam, obviously, we, you've not been here before. Who was your first choice? Who did you want, etc. before you get into the answer about Arteta? Right. So um, I think out of, out of who we could see that was available, um, I really did. I would have been very open to Pochettino. Um, very, I think he's very proven. I think he's a very smart manager. I think he just had, you know, that six months after the Champions League where he kind of lost the team a little bit. But, I mean, he seemed very, very solid, and I think that would have been my first choice. Um, Ancelotti, though, I, I wasn't – I was. I would have rather had Arteta. I think just – I think Ancelotti and Emery have some similarities, and um, I was ready for something new at that point, I think, instead of going back to a, a safe route. Um, like we did with Emery. Okay, so your thoughts on, on whatever Ted asked. Yeah, your thoughts on the Arteta, mate. Do you do you think tactically he he's the, you know, uh, he's he's very untested. Uh, but do you think after the press conference you like what you see? Um, he's he's going to be that type of manager that's going to sort a few of these players out. Um, yeah, I think I'm really hoping he brings the discipline that he's talked about. Um, I know, I know he's spoken of his idea of attacking football, getting back to, you know, the Arsenal way of, of playing a game. And, um, I really feel like that is what we all want to see as fans. We've talked about it for the last, you know, year and a half. I feel like, um, he doesn't want to set up to play other teams. You know, they should be setting up to play us, um, I'm really excited for this. I mean, I'm. Time will tell. I'm really excited to see how he sets up that first team. But um, tactically, 
I mean, we, we haven't seen him set a team up before, so this will be the first time we see it, and I hope he hits the ground running. Mm-hmm. No, it is, it is, it is going to be an interesting time, boys. Um, Tony, look, and we'll, we'll get on to the Everton game in a minute, but there was a lot of people obviously coming out, uh, you know, blaming Stan once again because he just seems to be that type of... <laughs> he's the scapegoat for everything. Our decline over the last couple of years. Who who do you who, who do you put the blame on? Um, to be honest, one of the last people I put it on is Stan, and everyone knows I'm bored of this whole Stan agenda. Agenda is the wrong word because it makes it sound like they're wrong. They're wrong in my opinion, but my opinion is worth as much as everyone else's. Um, look, there's there's various people. You can't say a club can't have such a, a bad spell. And, and you just blame one single man. Did Wenger hang on too long? Probably. Did Gazidis not do enough? Definitely. Did that year between, was it the right? Was Emery the right appointment? For me, no, and never really was. Do you put some blame on Emery for not doing the job we expected? Yes. Do you blame the people that appointed him again? Somewhat, yes. So there's, there's sorry, a lot of people to blame. Um, for me, the reason I'm excluding Stan for people that, that don't listen regularly or have not heard me say it before is he knows fuck all about football. So he has appointed people who are supposed to. He's appointed Raul, who six months ago it was Don Raul, Raul's the king, blah, blah, blah. So you can't say that's a, a bad appointment. Vinay does the business side of things. We don't know how well he's doing. The, the accounts are private. So we don't know if that's a good appointment or not. I, people, people moaning they want to see him at games. Why? He doesn't know what's going on. If I buy a knitting business, I'm not going going to watch all the people knit and telling them what to do because I don't have a clue. So I'm going to hire people who are experts in that field and let them do their job. If after a certain amount of time they're not doing their job, you're going to put pressure on them. Or if you think the manager they've appointed doesn't, isn't getting the results, even though you ain't got a clue what's going on, if you think that manager, oh, this doesn't look right, we're eighth, and you haven't got an idea, you're going to you're gonna ask them questions. That doesn't mean you come in and the next day say, bang, fired, because you haven't got a clue what's going on. But then you ask questions. Are there questions being asked? We don't know. Mm-hmm. We can assume yes or no, and most people have just assumed no, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I can't put blame on someone who openly admits he knows nothing about the sport and, and how it runs, is obviously a very good businessman. So what he's done is he's, he's put people in place. I mean... You know yourself, you ran a business for someone. They hired you because you knew about the industry. Mm. They didn't hire Fred from down the road who's never done a day's work in his life. It's how things work. If you don't know something about an industry, or even if you do, you put someone in place that is meant to be at the top of that field. But I imagine if I wasn't doing my job correctly, I'd probably get the sack. And that's where I... I'm not, I'm, I agree with everything you say. I'm not putting the blame on Stan. Well, but I, would you sack Raul now? Well, I think something's gone to a bit of a mess. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah. I think you're probably one of the only people that would say that, to be honest. Yeah, right. I just think, like, okay, he had a good transfer window. Um, I Look, I <laughs> looking back, I suppose, do we put the appointment of Emery to uh, Ivan? So he, he probably spearheaded that one. I don't know what... Well, he's part Raul. of the team. There was a three-man team, which is Sven Ivan and, um, and Raul. Yeah. I just... 
my thing is, and, and you talk about the other thing is the business model with what's the other guy's name? What did you say his name was? Vin Vinyak or something. Oh, Vinay. Yeah, Vinay. Yeah, Vinay. Um, yeah. So so, I wonder where Arsenal is sitting. You know, in around the world of stature of a football club. But again, he's put people in place that are meant to be doing that. And again, we don't know the account, so we can speculate. I would imagine our value has gone up. Yes, we're getting less money, but just it sounds so stupid. But London real estate, like the Emirates, is pretty much bang in the middle of London and is however many acres. The, the value of that isn't going down. So, oh, yeah, 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 I know that. Yeah. So, but how many kids are actually running out and buying Arsenal shirts? We're sitting eighth ninth or something on the league table well i think that the adidas was the record launch and the, i mean i don't know if you know they just did in uh, they just released um remakes of the the bruised banana and they were i thought they were really expensive to me i think they were like 75 pound mm. and they sold out on every outlet they sound sold out online sold out on the adidas store and then someone tweeted oh the arsenal shop have still got loads so go down there mm. and then about two hours later it was don't bother go down the arsenal shop because they're sold out. They're sold out. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, well, obviously, I'm not pretending I know the exact numbers. And in a way, it doesn't really matter because mm. we're tied in with Adidas for this deal for however many years and it's at a set price. So, it may affect if they sold at zero shirts, obviously, let's go extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. only affect us in five to ten years. It doesn't affect us today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Sam, in America, um, where does where does Arsenal sit over there? Is everyone talking about how bad we're doing? Is it, you know, kids running out buying shirts? Yeah, so um, whenever those um, throwbacks, whenever they were up online here in the U.S., um, I think we had about an hour or two, and they were all gone. Um, (laughs) Because I was looking at some, actually, and I was like, hey, that looked pretty sweet. I'm going to get one. And then they were all out. So it's definitely still flying off the shelf here. But... um, but um, the U.S. is interesting for soccer. Um, we're definitely a little behind for the Premier League. Um, but I, I didn't start. I mean, we didn't really start getting it broadcasted over here until about the um, mid 2000s. Yep. And so, but it's crazy how big it is getting over here. And I mean, with like the fan fest, you know, NBC does the fan fest. Um, I think they've done two this year. Um, it's pretty wild. Um, I was in a bigger city um, last year for the Chelsea game whenever we beat them, and the bar was just packed. And for for the U.S., that's you know, that's a pretty big deal. So, yeah, but okay. it's 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 slightly sad times <laughs> for Arsenal right now. Oh, the shit times at the moment. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay, right. Let's move on, Tony. Just quickly, I don't want to be negative, and I know Darren's going to come on and say, "You bunch of negative cunts." But <laughs> how long are we giving Arteta? And well, let's put it in a positive way. How long does it take Arteta to turn Arsenal around? How many years you give him? Look, for me, it's a minimum of eighteen months, and you obviously reassess along the way. I think. You give him these six months, and I think I said this to Darren last week, the reason he's been appointed is to figure out who fits into his plans and and who doesn't. And then you go into the transfer window knowing exactly what you want to suit your team. 
and then you should start off next season you should be bang on it straight away because you're ready you're molded it's not there's no excuses of it's not his team he knows who can do what and who can't and then you can't be doing things like playing Torreira basically attacking midfield at the start of the next season because you'd have had six months to know that he can't do that or more than that eight months so I think these six months is a learning phase for him and us we we learn what he's about and we have to buy into it even if we don't agree with it we have to buy into it and then next season there's no excuses um obviously i'm not saying if he loses the first three games of next season you get rid of him yeah but next season is is a, is a very big season for him as i said i think we can forgive most things unless we go out and start losing eight nil every week i think you can forgive most things that happen between now and the end of the season yeah. um as, as a learning phase and both for him as a full-time manager having to deal with all the media commitments and stuff, which he's never had to do before. And it sounds trivial, but it is a big job. You've got people asking questions you don't want to hear four days a week. Mm. Um, and then if you start snapping, then you get negative headlines. And we all know how it goes. We've seen it in the press a million times before. Um, so, yeah, this, this six months or until the start of next season, learning phase, pretty much get away with, with what you like, in, in a sense. Well, I and won't then, ask... Yeah, well, I won't ask anything about the transfer window because I've just noticed we've got play, uh, questions on that on our Twitter. So, um, Sam, how long do you give give Arteta, mate? Um, I one hundred percent agree with Tony. I mean, I think eighteen months is that time frame that we have to look at um, him coming in now versus you know Freddie carrying this out the rest of the season. I'm I am so glad it happened and it happened it took way longer than i think any of us wanted but i'm glad it happened and this is his time to make all those changes and really get their strategy ready for this summer and they should know going in exactly what they need so i think 18 months for sure and if we are in a worse position somehow by then or if we're in the same position i think (laughs) it's time to go back to the drawing board yeah, it's fucking sad, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'll give him until the Manchester United game, 2nd of January. <laughs> nah. um, I, I, look, it's fucking so hard to agree with you, so I don't want to agree, but probably got to give him 18 months. Got to let him... Uh, look, I won't touch on January, what he does there, but that, because, like I said, we've got questions, but for me, that type of gonna, I'm going to see what type of manager he is if he's a bit ruthless. Um, and, and getting rid of a bit of dead wooden players and etc. So. I, I just think, sorry to butt in, I think January is too soon to be ruthless. He's going to have literally, what, three get two games technically before January and probably no more than four or five training sessions. Um, but do you, think that, do you think Raul, you know, he's obviously been looking towards January and he's got a plan and now all of a sudden what them plans are going to go because we've got a new manager in or...? Well, I think in terms of sales that Raul wouldn't have too much to do with it because you can't pull the rug from underneath a manager's feet. Yeah, um, okay. In terms of incomings, he maybe will. But again, look, our style could be completely different in two weeks than it is now well, than our lack of style now. Mm. So they may have targeted... I'm going extreme. I know this hasn't happened. They may have targeted a six-for-eight centre-forward for us to play long balls to all day. And Arteta could come in and say, I don't want to play the ball above knee height. Yep. Then that six eight guy becomes useless. So they, it may have it may have changed plans slightly. Again, I'm not saying we're going to sign a six for eight centre forward. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, right. Let's get on to this fucking game. Did you go, Tony? Yeah, I 
Yeah, yeah, I was there. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right, let's go the lineup. This was Freddie's team. So, Arteta was obviously in the stands. Uh, blew me away a bit, Tony. Yeah, um, I think it did most people. I, I, if anyone says, oh, yeah, I was expecting that, then I think they're lying, to yeah. be honest. I may have been asleep or something when Smith Rowe come back. When was that? Um, he played against uh, who was our last Europa League game away in Belgium Liège was it whoever it was oh, um, yeah. he played there um, I think he's been in and around he might, he came obviously he came on against City as well last week yeah okay I just didn't even register in my head that he was back I was like what the fuck yeah um, no it blew me away Sam your thoughts blew you away a bit mate yeah yeah, it looked like we were playing another Europa League game. <laughs> is what that lineup kind of looked like to me. Um, I don't. I, I'm not really thrilled about Emil Smith Rowe or Nelson playing in Premier League games yet. I don't think they've really done enough for us this season to be in those positions. But, um, but yeah, it was kind of surprising. I, I didn't we mind do. Nelson because I, I look when I say I don't mind him. I like Nelson, but he reminds me of a Wobie. Just he, he, you know, some great, great stuff, and then he just can't finish. He just can't cross that final ball, or or have that last shot on goal, or something. I think. Um, but I look, I, I I like what I did see from Nelson. Anyone? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm uh, I'm a huge Smith Rowe fan. I I think he's the best of that. Especially from what we've seen so far of, of the Hale End Academy, um, I, I thought he had a bad game. Um, it's funny, I was I went on my own yesterday, so I, at half time, rather than talking to my mates, I was on the WhatsApp group, and uh, a few people had said, "Oh, they were really looking forward to to watching him play because they'd heard me on here," and then he was a bit shit, and they were they were disappointed. I, I just think the game was too big for him. Um, so this is his first start. Everyone's first touch was horrendous the whole game, um, and he seemed to have a massive problem with that. And I think other people, they kind of got excused because you knew that that wasn't normal. So if Martinelli had a bad touch, it was sort of like, well, he doesn't usually do that. It's a one-off where people haven't seen a lot of Smith Rowe before. And especially at that level, they just, they just thought that was him. His first touch is like that. Mm. Um, uh, but he wasn't good. Um, a lot of people I've seen, not hammering Nelson, it's the wrong word, but didn't thought Nelson played badly or... Or wasn't ready or whatnot. I actually thought he was alright. I don't. I don't think he'd set the world alight, but I thought he'd done a, a half useful job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I really got nothing to go through this game, and it's probably pretty pointless to go through this game because we're going to see a change next week. So anything that tactically happened through this game is going to mean absolutely fuck all next week. So um, I'm going to go straight. Look, the game finished nil nil. It was a draw. It was a boring game. I uh, there was. Lots of fucking just stupid errors, stupid mistakes. Um, I will just touch so quickly, Tony. Bem Yang did come off. Um, I was looking into the stands. Well, the cameras actually went up to Arteta to see what uh, his thoughts were because, you know, there was lots of things coming out that Arteta's going to be watching the body language as players come off. Um Bamiang looked a little bit pissed off, like as it then came on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've not seen close up of the faces and the bench at Everton is at the other side. But what I will say is, 
as he was sprinting off my first because he actually sprinted off my first thought was he knows someone's watching yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fucking classic <laughs> just uh, just on the game before we skip over it i yeah. i actually being there didn't think it was as shit as everyone was saying like again i looked on twitter when i was on my way back and i was reading the whatsapp group and and everyone was saying how shit a game was i saw worst game of 2019 blah 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 and being there, it really didn't feel like that. And then I watched yeah, okay. Match of the Day this morning, and it was utter shite. Um, <laughs> I think what it was is that, as I said earlier, there were so many bad touches that they make sort of 50-50 tackles where people are getting smashed. And when you're in the crowd, like someone goes in for a hard 50-50 tackle and they win it, it, it gets a big roar, like, ah, come on. Mm. And because there was a lot of them, the atmosphere was quite good. And it's felt like you're sort of cheering quite a lot. But obviously on highlights packages, they don't get shown. So then when I'm watching the highlights and there's there's literally nothing, there's probably two shots in the whole game, and you go, wow, this was really shit. But it, it didn't feel that bad at, at the game. And our shape was so much, it was improved so much. Some simple things that we were doing a lot better, helping out the fullbacks when we tried to play out, going long when necessary. They probably only play, overplayed a couple of times as opposed to every time, which it has been recently. Um, but, yeah, it was it was, it was was an experience watching it back on, on Match of the Day this morning and seeing what everyone was on about. One of my friends that um, works for Sky Sports that usually comes to games with me couldn't go because he was working on the championship game. Yeah. He kicked off at the same time. And that game was nil-nil. And he messaged me this morning saying, I thought I'd lived through hell watching that nil-nil. Um and then I decided to watch the whole 90 minutes of Arsenal, and Arsenal was so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fucking boring, I'll tell you. Um, look, we do a 3-2-1. Uh, I was promised by Schwinn that he, he was going to take over the, the recording of the 3-2-1. I listened to you boys last week. And yeah, I'll, I'll go back through a couple of podcasts and um, grab the 3-2-1, because that's fucking useless. Cunt is absolutely fucking hopeless. Um, <laughs> so, three points, Tony. Uh, pretty easy for me. I thought Xhaka was head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, yeah, I'm like you. fucked. I was going to do that. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, and I thought, I'll let Tony go first. because <laughs> I was waiting to get ripped from Granite. No, look. Go no, on. <laughs> I was so again, in the, I was in the WhatsApp group after the game, and people were were going on about this player and that player and, and who they thought was best. And, and I said, look, all of them were good and they're going to be my twos and threes, which is why I'm not naming them. But I just thought Xhaka was clearly ahead of everyone else. He won the ball back so many times, strong in the air. Distribution was good. Maybe made one mistake, which is the thing, the one that people are going to pick up on um, and forget all of the rest of what he'd done. Um, dare I say it, a captain's performance. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, Sam? I think for my three, I'm going to go with Chambers. I thought he was just very, very solid. Um, kind of took us back a few weeks ago when he had a, that other solid game. And um, I, I think if he can get in the right groove, I think he, he could be our main guy there for a while. Um, he just seems very composed. And then, But then last, you know, against Man City, he definitely wasn't. But I thought he was solid. So he's my three. Yeah, look, I, as I give it away a minute ago, I'm going to go Granite. So I thought he was best on the field by mile. Um, I, look, I'll do my two. I'll get out of the road. I'm going to go Chambers. Um, I thought he I thought he actually, you know, last last week against City, he was very poor, but 
but today, you know, well, whatever it was, two days ago or whatever, he, he came out against Everton and I thought he put on a very good performance and it's hard for a player, like, I'd imagine they know they weren't at their best against the team and then to come out and, and, and really take it on board to, you know, have a great game against Everton. Not nil-nil, it's a clean sheet, but I, I thought he was pretty good, so, yeah. Um, Chambers gets more too. Tony? Um, I don't think you could really argue with any one of the back four or the two holding midfielders uh, being in, in this 3-2-1 in any order. So it's nothing against any of the others. I, I would go for Louise over Chambers. And I think Chambers officially got the Premier League man of the match. Uh, reason being, to be honest, just one thing sticks in my mind. Chambers, towards the end of the game, had a horrible touch right on the edge of our area, but out wide then had to make a foul to make up for it and got booked. And Louise made one silly foul in the first half, not quite as dangerous as as the one I've just mentioned for Chambers. And barring that, I think they had similar games. And just for me, Chambers' one mistake was worse than than Louise's one mistake. But again, I could put it either way. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not going to argue with you because the jaw throw 2-1. I agree with what you're saying. I thought thought Chambers got the two... Two gave away the two free kicks though. Uh, Louise, Ch- sorry, Ch- sorry, L- Louise. Yeah, may, look, I'm not saying that's the, the only reason why he, I didn't ones. pick him. So. Yeah, as I said, the, the memorable ones are the one that Chambers got booked for out wide, and there was a, a, a Louise one on Richarlison that ended up they took a shot and it was comfortably wide. He may. I'm not saying he only gave away one foul in the whole game, but as as we saw from the Man City game, a foul isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. It was two dangerous fouls or dangerous positions we let them in the game. And as I said, I put one foul each. And I'm not even saying they're huge mistakes, but it was one foul each from each of them. Yeah. And I just thought Chambers was worse. It was self-inflicted, whereas Louise's one, he had Richardson running him at a full pace, and it happens. Hmm. Whereas the Chambers one was self-inflicted by a bad touch. Again, not saying he had a bad game. I thought he had a good game. Obviously, I'm giving him my, my, my two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Give him two. Um, Sam, your two? Your two? <laughs> For, for the two, I'm going to go with Granite. I thought he was, I thought he did everything you all already brought up, and he kept ticking the ball for us. And I feel like we missed that a lot when he's not there. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for my one point. I'm going to go to Leno for my one. Look, um, clean sheet. I thought he made some really good saves. So. Um, did he make a save? Did he? I think he made one or two. But because I, I was looking at some stats today, because did. Did you bring up the um, Sun red card? He has the most red cards or something? We were watching the Tottenham game this morning. Oh, yeah, Sun, yeah. Yeah, Sun. And um, I can't find it now, but I come across, I think Leno's, like, I noticed Leno was, I'm just trying to look for it as I go. And I was like, holy shit. It was some stat that he got. And I was like, oh, he had made the most saves in the league up until last week. It might so, might yeah. still be, but I, I don't know. But I know before the City game, he'd made the most saves in the league. But I think he only made one or two against City, and he didn't make any. I don't think he made any yesterday. I don't think they had a shot on target. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm giving him one. <laughs> and I read that down as I was playing. I was watching the game, so there must have been a fucking reason. <laughs> anyway. Um. Uh, again, this. Could be any. I, I couldn't argue with Maitland, Niles, Chambers, Torreira, or Saka. Any one of them. Um, 
Chambers, just because he bounced back from such a shit performance. As I said, I don't think he was any better than any of the others I've just mentioned, but he bounced back from from a a terrible performance last week, and we all rightly criticised him. So then, when someone comes good after being that bad and regains their confidence, I'm I'm going to I'm going to give him my one. But he's won it purely because of what happened the week before. I think if he did better against City, I probably wouldn't have given it to him. So who was that? Chambers. Chambers. Okay, I'm just writing that down. Um, Sam, your one. Um, we have to go with um, Saka. I thought, considering he's back at left back again, I thought he was very involved. He had that block on Richarlison near the beginning. He, I thought he did also did really well going forward. He found Martinelli a few times, and um, yeah, thought he did very good. Three, two, one, done. Game done. Boring done. All over. <laughs> right. Let's get some questions. Uh, you can get questions at clock and underscore talk. We usually post it up after the game, but we're a bit slack. So because I'm not awake at the games, I usually watch them in the, in the morning when I wake up. So um, I can read some questions, Tony, because you wouldn't fucking oh. believe it. I can see, but yeah, you can. You might be able to help me out if you oh. want. Well, I'll go with, I said to you, I've got some, Maddie messaged me some, so I'm going to go with with them. Well, um, so, I think, how did how did you perceive Arteta at Arsenal as a player? Jeez, oh, that's a tough one. Because <laughs> now he's your manager. Um, would he be as... He... He's not a club legend for me. Um, you know, when we, I think we discussed that a season or so ago, we were looking at club legends and things. He was a consistent player. Um, yeah, it's, I, you know, was he a superstar player? No. Yeah, just, I didn't, I, but he wasn't one that I was thinking, oh, fuck, I hope we get rid of him, you know. Um, was I disappointed when he went to Everton? Yeah. But it was just a just a player for me, I suppose. Like it was nothing special, nothing bad. It was just a consistent. He was just a consistent player. I don't know. Sam, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, consistency. I think is is big with him. Whenever he was at the club, um, you also, I mean, all the pictures are going around now again. You know, of when he was there, in even during training, you can see him talking with his fellow players and helping them along. So I think he definitely had that captain mentality while he was our, at our club. Um, but yeah, I think just very consistent and uh, seemed very on top of it while he was there. Yeah. What about you, Tony? Yeah, I think pretty much covered it. Missed the seven out of 10 in a sense, never really bad and never, you never really wrote headlines about him. He was a very good, well, I don't know. Very good captain is the right way of putting it because people associate Tony Adams, Vieira, John Terry as being good captains. I'd say a very well-respected captain. He seemed to hold things together. The players seem seem to like him, and he used to do what the game needed. If the game needed a simple pass, he'd play. If it needed something a bit more adventurous, he'd do it. If it needed a foul to break up play, he would do it. Um, I think he always read the game very well. It was well liked. Um, again, not a superstar. Definitely not a legend. Um, but 
every team needs them players. You can't have no one has eleven superstars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you only kind of find out about them players when they're not there. I mean, you look at that City team, and no one would ever say Fernandinho's a superstar, but when he's not there, fucking don't everyone knows about it. Mm. And I think Arteta, I'm not saying he's as good as Fernandinho was, but he was one of them. Was he when he wasn't there? You kind of missed what he'd done, but then when he was there, he didn't praise what he'd done. No, no, I totally agree. Um, what else you got? Uh, one more, sorry, from from Maddie. Uh, who do you think will benefit most from having Arteta, Torreira, or Xhaka? I think Torreira. This is a really interesting one for me because there's obviously very strong rumours about Xhaka leaving because he doesn't want to be there, as, as Darren basically said, when the day he got subbed off against Palace and all the booing and stuff started. I think. Xhaka is an exact Arteta player. Okay, he isn't the most mobile, but will foul people. Is actually a lot better when being pressed than people think because he's the best diver in the Premier League for me. He feels contact goes down and gets the foul 99% of the time. It may not be the ideal way to deal with pressure, but it's better than losing the ball. Will foul people. Looks for the ball all the time. I don't think he gets enough credit for that, especially, I mean, yesterday he was going out wide to pick up the ball off the fullback. Always looks for the ball, never really hides. Sometimes to his own detriment, he takes the ball in positions he shouldn't have it with his back to goal with two people round him 20 yards from our own goal. But I think a lot of centre midfielders, as Arteta was, will rate someone that looks for the ball. Um, so I think he's someone that Arteta will really like. Does Jacker want to be there anymore? Yeah, actually, just yeah. listening to you, and, and, and I'm actually changing my mind because one thing that you didn't say was I think Arteta might actually... Look, let's face it, Granite got a little bit hot-headed a few weeks ago um, when he got pulled off and all that. When, when you, you know, it was news from everywhere. I think Arteta might actually teach him how to control that. And, and let's, you know, Granite is he's a leader. He, he's, you know, he's captain his country, he's captain his clubs before, he's captain Arsenal. And... I actually think Granite might learn a lot from Arteta in the leadership role. Like, like not what you you mentioned other stuff, but I mean in the leadership role, to keep a calm head, to keep it cool. You know, the fans are a part of the game. They turn up week in, week out, week out. You know, they're, they're not there to, to, you know, give the finger and fucking carry on like a fucking raw prawn. So I think, I think he'll learn a bit, from Arteta in that respect. So I can't argue. I think look, I'm not overrating Jacker here. I know he has his flaws, and I know there's times we we don't want him anywhere near the pitch. But I just think, look, and we're guessing because we don't really know how Arteta wants to play. But basing on how he played himself and what we've seen from City teams, which yes were were mainly Guardiola, but we know that that Arteta had a had a mention in the way they played and, and obviously brought into it, which is why he was so highly rated. Um, the, I, I just think Jack is the exact type of player. And look, I'm not saying he's the best at it, but with, with what we've got, we're not going to go and spend a, a 40, 50 million on a Rodri or 60 million, whatever they paid for him. To be honest, I don't rate Rodri, but, or a Gundogan or someone like that. We're not going to go and spend that money. So I think Xhaka's the closest we've got to it or going to get to it with the money that we're going to spend or lack of. And I just think he's a really Arteta type of player. I said the issue is, is he going to be there beyond January? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> up, until, up until all the rumours started, I, I would have said, yeah, if you'd have asked me this on Thursday, 
I'd have said yeah, but yeah, no, you don't know. again, don't all these rumours have come about Berlin. Some are they newspaper rumours? Is there any fact in it? Is there little mumblings going around that he? It's a personal thing, and he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to play in front of these fans anymore. Mm. We don't know. Don't know. No, we'll find out. But I'm just having a giggle of myself. Like, thank you for your questions. I really, really appreciate it because it'd be a boring show without them. But check out this cunt's name. Fair income. Fuck me. <laughs> 18yardjob.com <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> so anyway, he's asked, old 18yardjob.com <laughs> What is the most important team on Arteta on, in a tray when he reports to work on Monday? Abemiang Granite's Futures, Ozil's for, form and place in the team, sorting out the defence, centre-back especially, or dealing with Pep's Questions on Terra or Terra, so he's question marked everything. So, what do you think when he reports the Monday? What? No, oh, he's going to be tackling all of the above, isn't he? Go on, Sam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think all of that. I think the, I think um, the players' contracts. I think that might come in behind all of that. But I think, I mean, defense and current players' form. I think that just takes number one on his list of things to do. And I wish he had a little more time. Um, it's one of the busiest times of year. But, yeah, I'm, I think that's probably am what I, he's going to have to do. Am I missing something dealing with Pepe's questions? Am I missing something? And you, you yeah, got I'm not telling you. dealing with the Pepe question, and I think it's mean why he's playing one week, not the next, obviously. Uh, has he been a flop is he up to the task can he drop him if he's if we paid that much for him even if he's not good enough I think that's what it means the Pepe situation is probably a better way of putting it rather than the Pepe question okay yeah right okay right 18 yardjob.com keep them questions coming buddy and don't change that fucking name <laughs> well it's a great name because I, I have no idea what his website does but it's a plug in it someone's oh. going to go and click on it in your job.com now it ain't me but someone will so uh, yeah. fair play he's plugged he's, he's, he's got an advert he's done well he's done well <laughs> um, okay um, Arsenal Pods and Blogs says why do you think Freddie played so many youth players against Everton Tony um I think he was very pissed off with the performance against City, um, and rightly so. And it's a free hit for him, because look, had he had to be in charge against Bournemouth, can you risk pissing off a load of senior players, dropping them, and then saying three days later, oh, come on then, you've got to save me and put your arm around them? Probably not. Like, whether it's the right thing to do or not, you, you can't do that. You can't piss everyone off, and then three days later say, oh, come on, mate, do me a favour. So where he knew that this was his last game, I think he'd done what he thought was right, but maybe wouldn't have been able to do had he been Still in a situation there. where he had to lean on them three days later. Yeah, yeah. Do you, so, I just think, you know, the other reason, maybe, look, and I agree with what you say there, but do you think he wanted, because Freddie loves the youth, you know, like, let's face it, he was there last last year and, and, he, and he loves, you know, he knows the youth players. We've said it the last four games that, that he's been in charge. Um, but do you think he's wanting to get them players in front of Arteta for a look? No, someone asked me that yesterday, and I don't I don't think that. I do think that he thought the players didn't work hard enough last week, and whether they just didn't work hard enough or didn't work hard enough for him. And he knows that those young guys will, because he's, he's had them for, as you said, a year, 
over a year. Um, so I think, as I said, he, he went to he wanted work and effort, and he knew those players would give it. So so he went with them. As I said, he, he had a free hit because it, he knew that he doesn't have to ask them players for a favour t- tomorrow. Mm. They did, the senior players, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Arsenal Pods and Blogs also says, Sam, is Arsenal now a mid-table team after our poor performances in the league for the last three seasons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. Um, I mean, if you if you look at the table right now, we are in the middle of the table. Um I don't know if that necessarily means we are a mid-table team, but um, I think we'll climb out of it for sure. Um, but I mean, as it as it stands right now, if you're looking at the table, we are absolutely a mid-table team. <laughs> yeah, hey, look, I, the, the thing is with it is the top four have now become the top six. So for me, we're still fitting that top six. But look, Tottenham, they you know in the last couple of seasons, they've been putting a bit of an effort in. Um, so the top four has probably gone to the top six, and then yeah, I don't think we're. we're I don't. I don't like to say we're a mid-table team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's it's so tight too. So I mean, I mean, we win two games, and you know, everyone else gets a draw and a win or a draw and a loss, and we're right up there back. As a, I, I also you know, think asking the the question, bring it like thinking about the last two seasons. When we came fifth and sixth, okay, it's not the fourth that we top four that we want and are used to and, and demand as fans. But and I'm not praising fifth and sixth. We don't want to come fifth and sixth. But it's hardly mid table, is it? Yeah, like, that's right. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't look at the table now and go, "Fucking hell, Sheffield United are mid table." You go, oh, "Fucking hell, Sheffield United are in the top six. Mm. Like, I, I mean, by mid isn't five or six out of twenty. It's just and are we calling Leicester City top four time? They won the league two years of the season. Well, no, no, that's yeah, why. I mean, you know, this like... is where the question, if you said, are we mid-table right now? You can only say yes. You have to base it on the fact. Yes. At this very moment, we are mid-table. So at this very moment, are Leicester in the top four? Yeah. I think where the question said uh, over the last three years, are we basically saying, are we now a mid-table club is, is what that question is asking. And I'm saying fifth and sixth isn't mid-table. And look, we are where we are at the moment, but I don't think that makes us a mid-table club. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, Gunnar in Oz. I was gonna. I did see this question, so that's why I didn't ask it after the Everton game. After we did that bit, but uh, Tony, you were at the stadium. So thoughts on that clash outside the stadium with Arsenal fan TV? Uh, it wasn't just outside the stadium. It started off inside the stadium, probably about three minutes into the second half, and and, and was pretty much most of the second half. Um, there's a few different ways of looking at it. Obviously, I've now been home over a day and, and seen the both sides of the Twitter argument as well. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say is that Robbie and that or AFTV saying it was only 20 and 30 fans. It absolutely wasn't. It was pretty much the whole away end that, that were chanting various songs. Some they won't like, but I think they're fair. People are airing their opinions and some that were, were just stupid and, and ridiculous. Uh, there was no racist behaviour for anyone that was asking about that. Um, so I think, I know there's a lot of people disappointed by Robbie partially bringing up the race card. It didn't really make sense. He's like, oh, it's the same as racism, but it wasn't racism. So, But what is it then? It didn't really make sense. Um, look, they have a platform where 
they people can air their viewpoints and they don't see anything wrong with that fair enough they then can't go and moan when people chant about them and air their opinion i, I think it's the most two-faced thing ever saying oh they they disgusting chanting about us and they're trying to censor us and they're just jealous because we're doing well if they're allowed their opinion on camera then the fans are allowed their opinion in the ground robbie recently done an interview with Talksport where he lamented simon jordan for not going to games how can you speak you don't even go to games now it's the fans at the games that are, are chanting against arsenal fan tv so you can't say their opinion don't count as well because then whose opinion does count? If the people ain't at the games don't count, the people that are at the games don't count, whose does? Look, I, I'm not a big fan of the platform. I'm trying to keep this as as non-biased as possible. There was some things that went on that weren't good, but I see no problem with with people chanting against it. They, It does make money. We all know that. And for me, that's the, the, the biggest driver of it at the moment. Would he do it for free? Probably not. And no one's asking him to. Look, it's a good business. Fair play to him. But I'm not a fan. And to be honest, I hope the chanting continues every week. I'm glad, from what I saw and what I've read, I'm really glad there was no violence because then it kind of gets ruined as violent thugs chant against AFC. It was all words. And yes, some of them were very harsh. No more harsh than what they say on camera week in, week out. So there's no right or wrong. But... For me, it has to stay. If look, I'm going to continue chanting when the chants go up, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to make my viewpoint very clear. But it shouldn't go any further than that because then it is people making their opinions clear. I do find it very hypocritical that their tagline, I think, it used to be, I don't know if it still is, was by the fans for the fans because the, the, the match-going fans are now telling you it ain't for them. And as I said, what he said to Simon Jordan, that in, in other words, he basically only values match-going fans, which makes his whole thing a laughing stock to begin with. But... Okay, if you only value match-going fans and they're now telling you it's not for them, it, it does call into into questions. I mean, look, he's going to defend it for his life because it is his livelihood. It is it's, it started off as his baby as well, and it makes it so much it worth so much more when you create a business from absolutely nothing and get it to where it is. And again, as, as I said, I applaud him for it. Um, it 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 is essentially his child, so he is going to protect it for his life and say what he needs to say and do what he needs to do and and a fair play to him, but. For me, I'm on the side that will protest, if there is the right word, chant against it. And and for one, I hope the protests work, but I don't want it to get any more. I don't want it to get violent because then it becomes not just a protest. It becomes violent thugs done this, that and the other, which isn't isn't right and isn't needed. No, nah, well said, mate. Well said. I'm not, I'm not going to add any more to it because I'll... Um... I'll only start a bit of a fucking blue, so I'm just going to leave it. Blue. Yeah, it's, it's probably, to be honest, the better opinion here is is probably Sam's because I don't know if he listens to it, but they uh, is believed that a large amount of their audience is abroad, and it makes them feel closer to the action. So obviously Sam is abroad. Do you watch it? What are your thoughts on it? Obviously, don't be too harsh or, or be harsh. <laughs> if you want to give a shit if you hate and mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> so um. So yeah, I mean I. I listen to a little bit of Arsenal TV. I think like oh, that's too I, much, right? I cut off Sam when I when I first started um, supporting the club. You know, back in probably '07 or '08, but um, it kind of just wasn't for me. Um, so <laughs> I think what you said is spot on. Um, I think that kind of sums up how I feel as well. To be honest, I will add. I, I I'm also I also run a Facebook group. Yeah, five thousand. 
uh, fans, you know, based in Australia and whatnot. I actually, we, we just had the conversation the other day about it, you know, it was going around. And I I don't look, great business and everything, I'm, I'm not going to say a bad thing about them, um, good on them, but I do wonder how many Arsenal fans watch it because in the group there was probably 2% of the vote who said that they were, you know, that I know that are Arsenal fans that said that watched it. So unless they're, they're just talking out their arse, I don't know. But I just wonder how many, like, you know, obviously Robbie would know with his stats and things, but... I wonder how many actual Arsenal fans who actually watch it because there was a lot of Tottenham fans who love watching it and having a laugh and taking the piss um, and Manchester United Chelsea fans. So, yeah. Interesting. But no, just... Let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on. Um, I don't even know how to spell this cunt's name, let alone fucking say it. What happened to fucking Sam and Paul and Bill and fucking John? A N I R U D D A H H A. Sorry, you you. Asshole. That's his name. Um, he says, "Do you think the midfield we have is good enough to execute Arteta's plans? If not, what kind of midfielders?" Uh, do so he's you know Edu or Raul go after can you give some specific names Tony um again this is going to come down to a lot of we don't know what Arteta's going to do or what his philosophy is he wants to play with the ball um as I said look, I, I think Xhaka's a fit Ozil's a question because we know he's got the technical quality on the ball is he going to work hard enough or is Arteta going to demand he works hard enough? Or is Arteta, who's played with him and knows everything about him, going to think you can hurt the other team when we've got the ball? So you can switch off to an extent defensively, but create havoc when you've got the ball. And, and it's not your job to go chasing the other centre midfielder 60 yards, but make sure when you've got the ball, cause problems. Which It's really hard, and I know he's asked for specific names, but we don't even know if he's going to play with a back five. Like... Because he's never managed so a game before. We know, we know City didn't. I would imagine, had everyone been fit and he has had a full training session, a full week or two weeks training sessions, it would be Torreira, Xhaka and Ozil against Bournemouth on, I went to say Sunday, Boxing Day, whatever day it is, Wednesday, Thursday, fuck knows, <laughs> I've lost track. But he hasn't had that. We don't know who's fit. We don't know who's carrying, who's carrying stuff from yesterday. Torreira was struggling towards the end was that just tiredness or was there a little muscle pain we don't know obviously not all of the players trained today only the ones that weren't really involved yesterday or played less than sort of 20 minutes so do them players now that train today having a bit of an advantage because they've got extra sessions with him that the other guys don't it is just impossible to say i mean even by the time january comes i don't think it'll be easy to say this is the player he should get because we don't know i think that Judging by what I think he wants to play, someone like Thomas Partey would fit, uses the ball quite well, uh, good energy, breaks the play up, would cost an absolute fortune, I presume. But I'd say that's probably the upgrade on Xhaka, but there's much more pressing areas. If he's got a certain budget, then can you upgrade, do you upgrade a player that is maybe not quite good enough for the job, but can do a job, when you've got players in other positions that just just can't, 
play for him at all. I mean, I think there's a few interesting things based on what how I think Arteta will play. I, I think Maitland-Niles will get a lot of games at right back because they like football in fullback. Oh, I presume he's going to like football in fullbacks the way he did it, the way Guardiola's teams did at City. I think Kolasinac could be in trouble because I don't think he uses the ball well enough. I think Guendouzi could be in trouble because he doesn't affect the games enough at either end and just defensively is, is terrible unless they can get him to just start fouling everyone at all times and the art of fouling people without getting booked as as the City players do so often. If not, I, I can see issues for Guendouzi, but I could be talking absolute shit because Arteta could love players that run around a lot but don't affect the pitch at either end but keep the ball quite well. Without knowing what he wants, it's, it's very hard to speculate. Oh, this is Schwinn's burner account, I'm sure. Enaruda Daha, that's his name. I've been The whole time you were talking, I've been sitting there trying to work out how to pronounce his fucking name. Didn't listen to one word you actually said there. Did you answer the question? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, I was going to say something on that question. Can't remember now. Don't matter. Must have been a lie. RCF. We got heaps of new fucking question people, haven't we? It's good. Sam, where do you think Arsenal realistically finish this season? Hmm. Um, so this is tough. I'm a very optimistic person, so um <laughs> I think we could. We can still definitely get top four. It's it's definitely reachable. <laughs> we really, really could. <laughs> Fuck off, cunt. <laughs> I, think, I think fourth is still open. <coughs> is consistent enough to get that position. I mean, to fairly say, they'll absolutely get it. Um, I think it's still open. Um, I think realistically, I think we'll get top six. Um, but fourth is maybe a reach. <laughs> <laughs> fourth is a big fucking reach. <laughs> and I'm a gambler, but I'm not even gambling on that. Um, yeah, six maybe. What do you think, Tony? Um, I half agree with Sam in that I don't think fourth's out of reach. I absolutely don't think we'll get it, but I really don't think it's out of reach. Um, to be honest, anywhere below fourth, I don't really care as long as it's not in relegation to be honest I'd rather come 7th than, than 6th and not have the Europa League next year actually I don't know if that's true because you get the distraction but then it's probably the easiest way to qualify for the Champions League uh, I think we will come top 6 or top 7 Sheffield I mean, United in 5th fuck off look, I mean look I think Sheffield United will <clears throat> fall away they'll go City and Liverpool are guaranteed top 2 Leicester at the moment, I have to say, I think they're going to make it, but they're, they're not really a big squad and they're a couple of key injuries away. If Vardy gets injured, then Ian Acho isn't good enough to do the job week in, week out. Yeah, but they're it's, out of just... Are they in any other comps? No. Oh, sorry, they're in the semis of the Carabao Cup and they've got oh, okay. uh, Aston Villa in the two-legged tie. But they're, they're not in anything else. They'll be in the FA Cup, obviously, come January. Yep. But no Europe. But as I said, if, if Vardy gets injured, Ian Acho is not good enough to do a job for, for a prolonged period of time. If Soyuncu gets injured, their defence then becomes Evans and Morgan, which isn't good enough for, for any length of time. 
if indeed he gets injured, I just don't think they've got anyone to replace. I don't think many teams have anyone to replace him. I think he's a top quality player. If Madison gets injured, I don't think they've any got anyone to give the supply line. So as I said at the moment, I would say Leicester are guaranteed in the top four, but one or two injuries and they could easily fall away. Mm. Um, and then I'm not sure if fourth is for one or two places, basically is what I'm trying to say. And no one's going to be consistent. I think it could be a record low to get fourth. I think it could be a really low points tally to get fourth because everyone's losing. I mean, look at Tottenham. They've only lost two games under Mourinho against top Chelsea and United, top teams. You've got United who seem to beat all the top teams or draw against the top teams and then lose to whoever's bottom. I think they've lost five games this season and, and they've all been to teams below them and they're eighth. Yeah. So that shows where they're at. Said so Chelsea have just not won in five or won one in five until today when they've gone and battered Tottenham. I think it really will it's be close. a record it's low. Enough. That's the only reason we've still got a chance. I think in a normal season, we'd be fucking miles off. Like they said, um, they said during the Man United game today, they've got four points less than they did when they sacked Mourinho at this same weekend last year. But now they're only, it was before the Chelsea game, so they were only one point off fourth. They may be four now. Whereas that last season, they were 13th with less points, with only slightly more points. So it's, the amount of low, the low amount of points makes me think we can still finish high. Not because we're that good. It's just everyone is going to drop points, yeah, and they shit, are yeah. consistently every week. So it's you don't know what's a bad result. You go and get a point at Everton and think, "Oh, that's shit." And then Tottenham lose, United lose, and you think, "Cool, oh, we, we Leicester lose," and you think we've actually gained a point by being shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, every every point is sort of not crucial but worthwhile, and you never know what's a bad point until. Until everyone else has played. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Sushant, he says, so he's got a couple of questions. Uh, so I'll start with the first one. Do you worry about Pepe uh, somehow never getting regular run in the team? Uh, look, I'm just going to move on these quickly. You boys add your thoughts if you want. My thoughts are things are just about to change, I think. I, I just, I think just wipe away what we've seen for the last, well, you know, whatever's happened behind us, we've got to put it behind us and... I think Pepe will be in Arteta's team. Um, yeah, so do I. I mean, it's been a weird one. I see. I feel like I'm saying this every week. He goes from being our only player, like our only tactic against both West Ham and City was give Pepe the ball, hope he travels 30 or 40 yards and then something happens somehow by magic. Or against City, it was also playing behind some Martinelli. So you think that Pepe was our main attacking threat in, in the last two games. And then suddenly he's dropped. And this happened a few times this season. I don't know. Is he not physically ready? Is he not? Does he play two games and then he's only 70%? And and they know that, but they're not telling us that. Well, they did that with Lacazette. They've done it with Torreira. They've done it with Klasenac. Everybody who come in from a white, you know, by the French League or Germany, they've all, Italy. Yeah, they've all had that. Give them a rest. Yeah, I mean, it just it just goes from baffling. They go to, like, unused sub so often, no matter if we need a goal or not. He goes from being main man, you're the star guy, you do everything, to then three games in a row or whatever where he doesn't play at all. Mm. Uh, I agree with you. I think he is going to be a Pep type of player. Uh, Pep, sorry, Arteta type of player. Yep. Um, stay high and wide, very quick, can beat a man. In France, it looked like he had a good goal tally. Obviously, that's not come to fruition here yet, but can Arteta unlock that? And he looks like he would be the type... Again, we're guessing what Arteta's going to play like. But he looks... What I'm imagining Arteta is going to play like, he looks like the type of player that, again, will be a perfect fit. 
Absolutely. Uh, number two, Sushant says, Sam, this is for you, buddy. Uh, how do you think we struggle? How do you think we struggle to connect defence to midfield with attack? Um, S, <laughs> what's he saying? Some, something is something broken. Is this broken year. this year. St H, whatever you abbreviate that. Do. Hmm, how do we fix that? <laughs> so, um, I think I think playing out of the back is. I think doing it over and over whenever we can see it's not working. I think that's when we have to switch it up. I mean, we can't just keep doing it if we're, if it's not working. Um, but I think, I think just better movement, I think put it getting, I think they get themselves into more pressured situations than they probably need to. Um, but hopefully Arteta can help fix this because it's, it's definitely, I think our other than defending I think it's what we have the most trouble with right now. Do you think the combinations are working? Like I, I, I don't know if you, Tony said as well. I think we said, well, I said Tuera and Granite. They're they're the two best that we've got in the midfields now. But do you think the combinations are working and the chopping and changing? You know, you got Gwendozi. Then we got different defenders. Then yeah, just for me, I don't know if it's if that's what's the problem is and and we just haven't got that consistency yeah that's a good point good mm. point um yeah i'm a good point type of guy <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> tony you want to say something i said you're not oh okay can't <laughs> um Tony, what do you think of Saka, Maitland-Niles, uh, Smith-Rowe, Nelson? Um, I think they were a bit flat, especially Smith-Rowe, while Saka was good. So you pretty much said the same anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I think Smith-Rowe got better in the second half. I thought he was terrible in the first half. And I wish he had more authority because there's one chance of Bamiyang P-Rolls back to Pickford where... Smith Rowe, if if I think if he'd played five games, would have pushed Aubameyang out of the way and hit it, and he can hit a ball from long range usually. So mm. I just wish he had a bit more seniority. I think he did get better as the game went on. I'm not saying he was good. Again, Nelson divided opinion for me because I thought he carried the ball really well. Nothing really came at the end of it, but if you're running 30, 40 yards and getting the team up the pitch, especially when no one else is doing anything, for me that's not terrible. But then I, I see other people and I understand the point. Well, he's, there was no end product. There was nothing coming from it. So I can see a bit of both. I didn't think he was as bad as people were saying. Um, again, Saka, I thought he was quite disappointing going forward. A few overhit crosses, a few runs where he could have got his body across and, and he allowed them to make the tackle rather than if he got his body across, it would have been he would have just been fouled. There wouldn't have been any opportunity for them to make the tackle. Uh, solid enough defensively. I don't think he was really tested there. Um, what I did like, and I've not really seen this come up anywhere, at the end of the game, most of the players, I think all of the players came over and sort of applauded the fans. But the six English boys, uh, so obviously Saka, Willock, uh, Smithrow, Nelson, Chambers, and who's the one I've missed? Whatever. The six of them at Nelson, the six that played, all stayed and, and sort of clapped the fans for, for a long time. And I'm not sure if that's something that, again, they know Arteta's watching, so they've shown trying to get something back from the fans but i thought that we've always saying we want people that get it and understand what it, whatever it is people to understand what it means to play for arsenal 
we consistently say that these players don't get it. They don't care. They don't care about the shirt. So when you see players doing that, I, I personally think you've got to praise them because you can't hammer people when they're not doing it and then ignore it when they do. Mm-hmm. But I will say what I always say, that it's all well and good doing it when... If, you, if you're going to do it when you win and you're going to do it when you draw, you've got to be man enough to come and do it when you lose. And that's always been my problem with Arsenal, that the players will happily stand there and get clapped for 25 minutes when you win and had a good performance and everyone wants to give them a pat on the back. But when they lose, they have a don't come over or come over, clap once and walk off. For me, you've got to take the good with the bad. That goes for fans and players, to be fair. Yeah, no, nah, I totally agree. Sorry, <laughs> everybody's just walked outside and seen me sitting out the front here with a microphone, and computer, and talking to you guys and thinking. I think my wife said you're an embarrassment, but anyway. Uh-huh. Um, here's my daughter now. She's come to say hello. So can I say hi? You can say hi if you want, Donna. Hello. Hello. Right. Um. Questions, uh, what else have we got? Gator Guna, uh, where do you see us with Arteta? I'm excited about, but we need time. Do you think there was a better op- better option option now? I, I actually wrote that article that came out, and I was like, because I was disappointed with Arteta, and I said that at the start. It's nothing against Arteta. It's nothing against anybody who it was. I just wanted somebody with experience. Pochettino, he was, he was high up on my list. Um, other other managers I did mention, but then I thought about it after I did mention them. Uh, Rafa was going to be ungettable, not going to happen. Brendan Rodgers, I thought there might be a might be a chance with Brendan Rodgers, but then again, when your team's sitting second on the ladder, does he want to leave? So Eddie Howe, he's another option. He's keep Bournemouth up for a long time, which I don't know if Bournemouth expected to be in the Premier League for this long. Allegri I also put here because, um, you know, obviously, he, let's face it, he's a, he's a, he is a good manager, just not my preferred manager. And um, so, anyway, Tony, that's what I was looking at was you could also throw in uh, the Wolves manager, uh, Nuno, is it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, for me, I think I, I would have had... Pochettino and Allegri over Arteta. Uh, I don't think... I think he would have been above all of the others you've mentioned. As you said, Rafa was ungettable. Brendan Rodgers was ungettable. He used our name to get a new contract. Everyone could see it come in. Like, who, what manager ever comes out in an interview and says, oh, I've got a release clause? Like, you, I've just never heard anyone say that before. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. And then two days later, lo and behold, he signs a new contract on more money with a higher release clause. Fucking shock horror. Um... The, the problem with Nuno, and it's not that I don't rate him as a manager, it would just mean becoming a Mendes club, and I'm not sure that's a great thing for a club to be long-term. You don't want to be an agent's bitch. It could short-term have bring some good players and some and some results with that, but I think these things are always going to end up messy, and I think it will end up messy in time for Wolves. So it wasn't so much Nuno, it was just being a, a Mendes-ran club that I was against. Um, Ancelotti... I didn't even so mention came... his name, Ancelotti. He wasn't yeah, even look, on I, my I, list. Yeah, I think he's a good manager, but again, it's it would. I want someone that the players are going to be scared of, and I don't think that anyone's going to be scared of him. Not as I said, it's nothing. It's not a reflection on his managerial abilities, but the Bayern players pretty much just completely disliked him and done their own thing. 
by all accounts, the Napoli players, the, well, the, the owner ordered a training camp and none of them went. Yeah. And I think if you've got a manager you're shit scared of, you go. Whether you think it's the right thing or not, you'll go into that training camp. I so, think he had a few bucks to spend uh, last summer too. So, you know, Napoli, yeah, they did. They spent a few dollars last, last window. So they were expectations we're going to really, really, you know, put up a challenge for Juventus, but it hasn't happened. It hasn't, well, Juventus, you know, they're, they're about Inter are the ones to catch, it, catch. I'm pretty sure they're top of the table, but... I think um, Juventus have got to keep time because they played the Super yeah, Cup today. Yeah, okay. yeah, I mean, it's, it's tight. It's, right. it's tight, but yeah. Um, but Napoli have fallen well and truly down, so they, yeah. Uh, and, and for me, he's... If he couldn't, he couldn't get it there. He couldn't do it there. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, well, I don't want him at Arsenal. Like, for me, he's gone down a little bit. Like Rafa, he's for me, he's gone up. Do I make sense? Like Rafa's ability. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. His reputation's improved. But, I mean, he's on stupid money in China. He's never broke a contract. Probably ain't gonna anytime soon. Um, he loves Liverpool. He's he loves England. His family still live in Liverpool, and I think they have pretty much the whole time, even when he was coaching abroad. Mm. Is is London? In turn, I know this is a stupid saying, but London isn't really any closer to Liverpool than Madrid is, in a sense. And that you're flying if he's got a private plane put on by a club, it probably you don't have to check in two hours before and all that shit that we have to do. And it probably a similar amount of time. So yeah. I don't I don't think he was ever an option. Really, um, again, he would have. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm not even sure if I would have wanted him. I do rate him. I think he's. I think people kind of underrate him because he's seen as negative. But it's not really the case when you look for his career. I think defensively he would have sorted us out. Again, does he come with that fear factor and get the respect? I think probably not, and that's what cost him at Madrid. The players didn't respect him. And as I said, I, I think the main thing we needed was someone that is going to come in and the players are going to be shit scared of. I don't think that was him. So I would have taken him because he would have sorted our defence out. But I'm not sure if I'd have had him over Arteta. That's a bit 50-50. As I said, for me, the the two I definitely would have had are Pochettino and Allegri. So I think Pochettino just gets the best out of players. And Allegri makes teams defend and the players would be scared of him. So they both tick different boxes. Benitez ticks one box. Arteta ticks another box and is unknown. For me, it's 50-50 with, between them two. Mm, Sam, you'll grow up most of that, much. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Halls of Marble says, is Nelson up to the mark? Uh, would would Kolesnach be better, better as a wide forward since he gets into good attacking positions better than the defenders? What is your favourite game performance this calendar year for me it's both games versus Valencia in the Europa League um, Sam you want to you add something to that Nelson up to the mark mate like, I think like Tony said he can carry the ball well um, and in some games we can we do see him you know hit that final ball um, I think I think compared to Kolsinac I'd, I'd much rather have Nelson out there out wide making the runs um but but yeah i think if, if i had to go with one or the other i'd absolutely go with nelson i um i didn't watch much of nelson last year online but reading a lot on twitter people were saying like he, we can't wait to have him back 
but now we're seeing them. I don't know if it's the same fans, so I'm not aiming this at you at Halls at Marble, but it, it seems to be fans are going well. I don't want him now, like so. It's so mixed reaction, Tony. Yeah, I mean, look, I've never been a Nelson fan, really. Um, obviously, I said what I said about him earlier. I would prefer him to Kolasinac. I think it's very easy to get in, defend, in good positions as, a, as an overlapping fullback or wingback. It's different when you're, you're the winger and the fullback's sole job is to stop you. You can't go, get in places unnoticed. Kolasinac can't really beat a man. He gets there by being a third-man runner. Um, and also, Nelson played 95% of the game yesterday on the right, and Kolasinac could only play on the left. So that would mean moving Martinelli over to the right where he's not looked as good. Or unless Pepe comes in and you're saying drop Martinelli, I don't know how you'd configure that team. But you wouldn't change, you wouldn't get put Martinelli out of the team just to get Kolasinac in it. Well, I wouldn't. Um, I think that's probably the question you've got to ask yourself. It's not, is Kolasinac better suited than Nelson? Is, is he better suited than Martinelli? And absolutely not um, is the answer for me. Uh, the other part of the question, what's been the most memorable game or performance of the year? For me, it was Chelsea at home in the league. The Valencia games, they were in both of them. I mean, I was there at both of them. We were 1-0 down in the home leg. The the away leg, I can tell you at 1-0 down, we were shitting ourselves, even though we were still 3-2 up on aggregate. Um, and then we did stride away in the end. But even at 2-2, I think it went, I think it went 2-1 up and then they made it 2-2. Again, we were shitting ourselves. Uh, the Chelsea game, and you've got to remember Chelsea, a team that end up winning the Europa League and against us and finished above us. So you've got to say, had a better year than us. Um, and at home, I just think we didn't give them a sniff. I think we beat them so easily that you've got to say it was a great performance. Um, I mean, my natural answer would have been Tottenham, but it was a year before. Oh, no. No, it was, yeah. It was a year before. It was December last year. So for me, the Chelsea game Chelsea, just yeah. really ease. We beat a team that weren't playing the greatest at the time, but turned out when you look at the end of the season to be a, a, a top four team and a, a European trophy winning team. What about you, Sam? This is our best performance in the last year or, or your, so. Your, uh, your favourite game or performance this calendar year? So, uh, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Uh, calendar year. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, that it was it was that Chelsea game because that was the game where um I was out of town and we went to a pub and uh got great seats and <laughs> all the Arsenal fans in there we um we were very excited with that game because it it's we were used to not shoring up the game um and yeah that I remember that game we just it just seemed so comfortable I didn't feel like we were actually going to give give it away at any point we pretty much handled the whole thing. I'm going to throw something different because, uh, and I'm going to throw this season. <laughs> uh, now we went on a bit of a bit of a, a little bit of a shitty run. We got beaten by Sheffield United. We played that. Well, who was that? V- Victoria mob in the Europa League, and we we won that three two. But then we come against Crystal Palace and we drew that game. And who were we up against in the Carabao or Energy, whatever the fucking drink that cup is? Liverpool. (laughs) And we're all sitting there going, fuck, this is going to be a nightmare. And it ended up 5-5 or so. It ended up a draw and then it went to penalties. And for me, I I was just 
it was just uh, look, not performance wise, but it was just a good game of football to watch, and it's probably the one that stands out for me this season because I I can't think of any others that I've well then I had a bit of a break so um, and since I've been out of hospital I haven't liked anything I've seen so yeah I'm going to run with the Liverpool game five five went penalties. Okay, um, I mean, you're wrong, but fair enough. I'm wrong. Yeah. Why am I wrong? What do you it mean? Was shit. Oh, it was a shit game, but it was like <laughs> there was plenty of goals. So it was. I, I said performance was. You can go and watch right? basketball. They score three hundred. <laughs> it's just plenty of goals. That's all. Um, I said basketball ends up like hundred and twelve, hundred and ten. Well, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I thought that. I thought we we're going to finish five nil. <laughs> Um, okay, where am I up to? Who asked that question? Halls and Marble. He also says, I'm buzzing. We kept the clean sheet. The only one I've seen lately uh, <laughs> was from my washing line. Was Luiz the best Arsenal performance to date? Oh, he's been pretty good. Best to date, though. I don't know. What do you got, Sam? I think I think it's one of his best to date for sure. I'm I can't I'm trying to remember which game it was um earlier in the season when he did have a, a really solid game. Um but I can't I can't pinpoint I think, which one. No, I think I know what you're talking about. It was like the first couple of games he come into and he was pretty he was really good. I I, I got a memory like you mate, I can't remember but because I remember we're <laughs> copping a bit of shit um because we signed him and signed him cheap and then I was like, oh, hang on, about this. He's going all right here. Um, I can't, I can't remember. Tony, you might remember, but yeah, I, I got. Uh, I mean, I know there's been a couple of times we've we've praised him, but more often than not, we haven't. Uh, the only thing I'm thinking, and I can't remember if he played well, but we beat Bournemouth one one nil, and he scored, and we kept the clean sheet. Obviously, the fact we won one nil, so maybe it was then. But I can't remember him having a performance where I said, oh yeah, he's good. Well, I can. I just can't remember what game it was, and I don't know if it was that game. So, this is the best I can remember, but I can probably only remember it because it was yesterday. Yeah, in yeah, a month's yeah. time, probably forget this probably performance. And... Yeah, nil nil doesn't doesn't ring a bell. You don't go, oh, that was a fucking great game. I put that in the memory bank, like that Liverpool game five five. <laughs> Liverpool results. <laughs> um, okay, FPL Canada. He says, uh, Freddie sent a message by playing the kids. Do you think that message came from Arteta? Nope. Right. I think um, he was just given the freedom. But as I said earlier, he didn't have to lean on the players the next day, so he could. He had no worry of pissing people off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the red custodian says, "I like that name. It's a real tough fucking name, that." Um, dear... Anyone you can say. <laughs> oh, mate, could you pronounce that other bloke's name? Come on. Not even Schwinn could tackle that one. Uh, dear gents, thanks for another great year of podcasting. Despite Daring tell us all we're all miserable, <laughs> uh, what you do is greatly appreciated and enjoyed. Thanks, mate. Uh, my question: What is your favourite Arsenal-related Christmas memory? And happy Christmas to you all, Tony. I, to be honest, I don't really have one. I have one Arsenal Christmas memory, and it's the biggest load of nonsense. Nothing to do with Arsenal. Remember when I was like stupid young, my aunt got me an Arsenal money box, but it was in the shape of a football. And 
I was very stupid and thought it was a real football. So I literally was about to drop it and take a first touch. And obviously this thing is made of like China or some shit. Oh, like, shit. And as I was about to drop it, like and like literally try and take a touch, I was going to volley it. Like someone was like, no, so I didn't drop it. And then, yeah, obviously that would have ended very badly. That's not a good Arsenal memory. Well, but it's the only Christmassy Arsenal thing I can ever remember in terms of like I know some people might say, "Oh, getting a shirt," or "I'm like, do you know what I mean?" I'm yeah, wrapping yeah, your yeah. present and finding out it's the latest Arsenal shirt. But I always got them when the season started, so so you didn't get is, them. Yeah, and and my birthday is before Christmas as well. So if I didn't get them when the season started, I would get them for my birthday. So I never, I was never really one for Arsenal merchandise and stuff. And then obviously there's no games at Christmas. Boxing Day games are traditionally high scoring, but shit because everyone's knackered. Hmm. So. I just I don't really have any real Arsenal memories. No, I'm a bit the same. I don't. I'm a bit the same. I don't really have any. Any. I'm just trying to think now. But yeah. Um. What about you, Sam? <laughs> um. Yeah. Not getting some getting some gifts, but I mean, apart from that, when the Leicester game, um, whenever we were actually gonna fight for the league and ended up giving it to Leicester, that win, fucking... whenever. That wasn't a good well, <laughs> no, no, whenever Welbeck hit that header um, into the back of the net, whenever we beat them at the end, um, it was about middle of the season, I remember. I think it, it might have been near Christmas. I can't remember, though. Valentine's Day. Valentine's oh, Day, yeah. so after. <laughs> Tony bought that up before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony and Darren had a blue eye with that, didn't they, Darren? A little He's still not admitting he was wrong. It <laughs> <laughs> might have been my um, my favourite late Christmas present that Arsenal gave me, but... um. <laughs> yeah, that's like me saying, oh, the day we got confirmed invincible, or the day we won the league at White Lane. I mean, it was in April, but fuck it, it was late Christmas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um... FPL Canada has your opinion of Arteta's suitability to be the Arsenal manager changed after listening to his comments during the introduction interview. Oh look, he he did it really well. What can you say? Like he said everything right. Um, if any fan who watched that and then went, I don't want Arteta as my manager. Well, you're a little bit deluded because I don't know what else he could have said to, you know give you a bit of a stiffy so uh, I, but that's all he did like he, he said everything right he said everything correct well as well one thing that we've not brought up just to add on this when i don't know if you saw it it was on a wasn't in the press conference on the other interview and they said to him has um has arsenal lost that bit of tradition i can't remember the exact word it wasn't tradition and he said yeah he said unfortunately yeah and he actually genuinely looked yeah, up by it as well that. yeah i did say that yeah it's yeah. annoying me that i can't think of the word they used as i said it wasn't tradition mm. um but just the uh, admitting that you to be honest that makes me feel better rather than someone coming in saying no everything's fine yeah yeah i think he'll bring that he, he'll get it i, th- I think oh, i feel he'll bring that back but because we are missing and I'm trying to think what that is because I can't think of the word at the moment. So, but um, I think he's he'll do that. But my that is my my only issue with is I need to see what he's going to be like tactical. When you're up against Manchester United, um, what are you, what are you coming out as? Like we're led to believe Emery was going to be watching all these videos and look what that look where that got him. You know, like. Who was I talking to yesterday? And I can't remember. It might have been in the in the WhatsApp group. And for me, one of the best things 
uh, if you watch that behind the scenes YouTube video when he was saying hello to everyone and they were doing all these pictures and whatnot, he walked in the data analyst room. First thing he said is, you guys are going to be doing a lot of work. And they, they kind of like half laughed. And he was like, no, like, seriously, you're going to be doing a lot of work. Um, and then and then he said they was looking at the footage on the computer and he said, oh, where's the camera? And they said, and then he looked and he said, oh, behind the goal. And they went oh, on this picture over there on this picture over there. It's in the corner as well. Have you got drones? Next question. Like yeah, he was straight down to business. He knew exactly what he wanted. Yep. Attention to detail was there because I mean, look, it's probably like, it might be like that all, all clubs, but he's asking. He knows what cameras he needs. He knows where he wants these things. So that leads you to believe that he's not just saying he uses a lot of data. He knows what angles he wants. He knows where the best view is. For me, that that's a very good sign. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, mate, I wish him all the best. I hope that he can get our team back up and and everything. I just, uh, my, like I said, I, I, I don't want to be negative. It just, he just was not my first choice. I, I just. No, no. I think, look, I, I know where you're coming from, but. What I'm saying, and I'm not saying Emery didn't do this, but with Emery, we heard I'm really into data. I'm going to do PowerPoints and blah, 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 yeah, video yeah, data. Yeah. And we never actually saw anything. I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm just saying we never saw it, so we don't know. Mm. With Arteta, he's coming straight away, and they've purposely showed him. As I said, they, they, they obviously didn't show his whole two-hour walk around the building. So, and they're obviously choosing what bits to show us. But they've shown us that he's gone in there straight away and said, I want A, B, and C. You're going to be fucking busy. Like... Yeah. So uh, the actions are matching the words at the moment. And again, I'm not saying Emery's didn't, but we never saw that. Mm-hmm. No, that's very cool. Um, FPL Canada. Who's FPL? FPL. Oh, that's that fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, yeah I'm... your... Yeah, I, mate, I died in the ass when I went to the hospital. All over, that was. Um, I'll give you five names. Both, and I'll go to you first, Sam, then I'll come back to you, Tony. Lacazette, Abemiang, Ozil, Shaka, Luiz. How many are still at Arsenal next season? <laughs> come, come August. I presume mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Man. Next season. Yeah. I'd probably say. Probably three. Who's your three? Four, three or four. I would. I can see Lacazette that are bombing. I can see one, one going. I'm not sure who yet, though. They might depend on how things roll out with Arteta and how people take to what he says he's going to do. Um. And then, I. And then there's so much in the air with Chaka too right now. It's a. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um. It is. I think it. De- I think a lot of it just depends on how these players all take to Arteta, and how mu- how much he can get them behind the team and the way he's planning all of this out. Well, Tony, I, I'm look. I'm looking at that list now, and I'm thinking Lacazette goes, Abemayang stays, Özil stays, Granite stays. I don't know about Luis, um, because something's got to change with these this backline. And is he part of your future plans? I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. What, did he sign a two-year contract? Keeps him there next season. Then do you, do you sell him? Do you get much, you know, how's it all, you know, how's all that work anyway? Do you get much for him? I don't know. So I think Lacazette definitely goes. I just don't, I think his mentality's, he just doesn't want, seem to want to be here. 
I think he I think he wakes up every morning regretting that he couldn't go to Atletico Madrid. I just yeah. Um, anyway, Tony. Uh, I think Lacazette goes. I think Aubameyang goes. Probably. Um, I think Xhaka completely depends on him. Um, and again, we don't know what state of mind or what he. he look, he wouldn't be. It wouldn't be unreasonable to him him to think every Arsenal fan is an absolute arsehole and I don't want to play football for them people. It wouldn't be unreasonable, to be honest. So I think his situation depends on him. Uh, Louise probably kept around for experience but not playing too much um, because I think you've got Saliba coming in who can pass out from the back, which kind of takes away the need for Louise. Um, but you know, he's good cover, third or fourth choice, can't really moan. And Ozil, probably there because no one will pay his wages. Um, we don't know, it could all turn around and he could be brilliant under Arteta, but I just think from a club's point of view, no one's going to pay his wages anyway. So I think two go, but two or three, depending on what happens with Xhaka. And then the other two are kind of, you can't really get rid of. My only thing is, yeah, look, it's it's so hard. But um, he's mentioned them five names, but I'm I'm thinking, what about uh, Socrates? What about Mustafi? Like, are they staying around? Like we've got this young Saliba coming in next season, so somebody's definitely going along that back line. Chambers is he is he to a point now where he's playing really good and his valuation's gone up, so we're going to cash in on him next year? I, um, what's Socrates' contract anyway? I just don't think he, you'd get a lot for him, would you? No, I mean none of them. The, the, the boys that are going to be valuable uh, or get some decent money, your, your younger ones, so Chambers, Holding, Mustafi will get not a big amount of uh, ten, fifteen mil. Um, the others, Luis and and what's his name, Socrates, wouldn't get that. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, time will tell. Right, I think we'll just better pump through it. Well, I'm going to pump through these questions now. Premier League 11 of the decade. I haven't even prepared for that. Premier League uh, 11 for the decade. Oh, Premier League. It's Premier League 11. I, I, yeah, I, no. I, 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 that's going to be a lot more than a 30-second answer because I've really got to think of that. And anything I say now, people are going to go, oh, fuck, well, you missed this bloke out. And I'm like... Just- yeah. <laughs> Just off the top of my head, and I've only thought about it since this question, I don't think I'd have an Arsenal player in it. Really? Okay. No. Oh, decade. Decade. Yeah. Okay. See? Now they're thinking that. Okay, I'm getting off that question because I'll be thinking about that kind of all day. Um, yeah, I know this. This is what you do in three days. You send me a message with eleven names. I'm like, what, what are you on about? I know this is exactly what you do. It'll be Christmas Day at like midnight, and I'll get a message from Tez saying like, "The hey, our company." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" That's my eleven. <laughs> so yeah, let's come back to that on Twitter. <laughs> um, do you think we'll start playing? This is MWA Gunner. Do you think we'll start playing with two attacking midfielders now with a ball? Progressor behind, like our City have with uh, De Bruyne and Silva and Rodri behind, Tony? I mean, they tend to not play all of them at the same time. Um, De Bruyne and Silva very, very rarely play together. Um, 
I mean, yesterday it was a bit weird. They started the Bernard, Bernardo Silva deep, but then that's because they had to fit Fernandinho in at, at centre back. Um, I'm surprised they dropped Rodri. It's I, no, I, no, I don't. I think we'll be at least two, or I think we'll be a defensive midfielder in a box to box, or or two that are semi sitting. You have got to look at the players we've got. They're not good enough to, or we don't even have these attacking options. Yeah, that's right. Like you look at. Is he going to play Ozil, Willock and say Torreira? No, Torreira doesn't progress the ball well enough. If he plays Xhaka and say Willock and Torreira or Xhaka uh, and Willock and Ozil or Ceballos and Ozil, that's got half a chance. I, I, I wouldn't recommend it, but I, I wouldn't be disgusted or really surprised to see that team. But no, I don't think on a general rule that he's going to play sort of progressive and attacking midfielders just because our defence isn't good enough. Arteta's only worked under Pep, um, Pep, so his experience is based around Pep. Let's, you know, he's done the apprenticeship there basically. When Pep came to City, he had he knew a style that he wanted to play, and he and he and he stuck with them players to keep that style. It wasn't for what was next summer, probably two two windows for him to start getting these players in. I wonder whether Arteta's going to be a similar manager at the start this is how i want to play and if you can't play the way my style is you're eventually going to go but uh, i think that's exactly what it is yeah. i think it's exactly what it is and i think that's why i'm saying i think they bring him in now rather than giving him freddie the six months and as i said you figure out who what get teach the players your system figure out who can do it and who can't and then in the summer we're not going to give you an open checkbook like city did with pep but you can at least get players that somewhat fit that mould they might be like at City do you spend well Pep spent 120 million on two fullbacks we might give you 50 million to spend on two fullbacks yeah yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's exactly how it's going to be and I think that's the reason they've made the appointment now mm-hmm. uh, MWA Gunner says did it feel to you this game is a throwaway game I suppose Everton um, oh, I think that Freddie will always go out and try and get the three points so I don't think it was a throwaway game, but what we got to point out of it, like, Freddie, he loves Arsenal, so he's not going to go out there and just go, oh, boys, just try your best. If we lose, we lose. Like, you still watch him on the sideline. I'd imagine you see him on the, on the, on the sideline as well, Tony. Like, he's... You know, Everton, yeah, I mean, it's difficult because Everton, you are, it's the exact opposite side, and unless you're in the upper tier, which I wasn't, you're quite low down, so you can't really... I couldn't tell you if he was... Just sitting down or marching up and down the touchline, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sam, you 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 think Freddie would have given it everything he he could, mate? Yeah, I think he would. I I think he may have he may have held some out for um you know just because we do have a Thursday game and then another another game right after the New Year, so he that may have played a part into his decision. But um, I think we do have to give Freddie some credit for. Everything that he got thrown into, absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. he's handled it very well. No, I, I agree. Um, MWA Gunner, did we dodge a bullet with Ancelotti? Everton have made him the fourth highest manager in the world at eleven million pounds, and gets a four million dollar bonus for keeping Everton up, which I can do for free. Um, I look, I don't know whether we dodged a bullet or not, but I'd tell you what, that was the most weirdest announce like I thought Arteta was odd announcing the way they did but 
it was strange with Ancelotti as well. He's sitting up there with them, with them all in the... Oh, you wouldn't have seen it, Tony, on the TV, but I just thought that was so strange, the way they they did 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 that as well. So, um, Well, I mean, they they announced it, so all of the journalists in the press room, when they got there, had a, had a document saying, we've just appointed Ancelotti. I, I guess they... Look, again, everyone knew it was done earlier in the week. I just they they went the opposite from us and just tried to not distract their players, and it made sense because they'd won, they'd beat Chelsea, they drew with Man United away, they drew with Leicester, so they wanted they have to announce him at some point, but they didn't want to disrupt their players. So when they done it, was the team was already picked and everything was already set for today's game. With us, we needed the disruption because we've been shit. So it was we was trying to pick them up, they they was doing the opposite and trying not to deflate them. So the timing was a bit weird, but makes sense. Um, in terms of dodging a bullet, as I said earlier, I didn't want him. Um, I don't know. I've not read. I'm not saying he's wrong, but I've not read any details of his contract. I did read he was going to be on 11 or 11.5 million pound a year, which is ridiculously high. But that's what you pay when you're a smaller club trying to get into the bigger leagues. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think he would have got that money at Arsenal. Like he's almost like to Everton. I'm sort of doing you a favour coming down here, so you've got to overpay me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the four million. The first I've heard of the four million bonus was when this question was asked. If it's true, he's got a fucking good agent. Yeah, bloody oath. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, and he would have just got a payout being sacked from Napoli as well. So, good. Good. It money. depends. Again, we're reading a lot more of now that there there's certain rules that you can't take another job within a certain time. We don't know how. We don't know what his agreement was with Napoli. Yeah, yeah. Because he might have only he wouldn't have been anywhere near that money at Napoli, so no. he might have might have been if you stay out of work for six months, you're going to get say four million, and then he's been offered eleven point five, and that might be the reason why he's on such high wages. He, they they may have said, oh, we think you're worth seven, and he might have said, I agree, but I lose four million pound by signing this piece of paper. So they've gone, oh, okay, four million pound more to cover your loss. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it all could be reasons why he might not have got a payout. I think with that sort of money, 11 million and a 4 million staying up bonus, if that's true, he probably didn't get a payout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck. But again, I'm, I'm putting two and two together here and I could be getting 400. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard. Uh, okay, that's all the questions, lads. Um, I'm just going to double check because there's eight notifications on this account. So just double checking if there was any last ones come through. Link to my channel, da, 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 no, nothing there, lads. Okay, we've got Bournemouth coming up, Tony. Um, I won't be on that podcast, but I should be back for maybe the Chelsea one, but anyway, we'll find out. And then, shit, Manchester United. Um, I'm just going to ask quickly, three games, how many points? I don't even know what formation we're going to play. Um... <laughs> We've got to be Bournemouth are not playing well. We've got to be hoping to beat them. Uh, six. Mm. I'd be happy with six. Yeah, we were six out of them three. Yeah, yeah. I'd and only because the new manager. Usually, I'd be saying we should be getting at least seven. But obviously, we've got a new manager. We don't know how he's going to play. We don't know what players he likes. He doesn't know what players he likes. So you can't go and expect him to not lose in in three games with very few, probably really only one or two training sessions. I, I would, um, yeah, look, I, I agree. I, I, I would like uh, three over Bournemouth, three over United, because I think they they play pretty, they, 
watch that more game against well, Watford. an issue with United, and I said this on last week when everyone was going mad about them beating Tottenham and City, is they're good against the, the bigger teams because they'll, they look to counter-attack with the pace of James, Rashford and, and Martial. They're shit against the teams that don't attack them. In a sick way, Emery's team would have been better off against United. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it, it, that's like <laughs> yeah, it. true. Comes in and tries. Yeah. What, one advantage is it does seem that Arteta is very clever and, and it gets a lot of credit at City for realising stuff in games and suggesting that they change something. Like They gave him massive credit against us last year. They won the up, couldn't get the second goal. And this is coming from City, I'm, I'm not that he said that um, the Arsenal defenders are going very deep when they get to the byline, so pull the ball back to the edge of the box, and then they started doing that and they scored the second goal. So he does seem to learn and notice things very quickly. So one advantage could be that they played United at home, what, a week ago, two weeks ago? So if he does learn as quick as what we're believed to, he could have that game plan based on how United are going to play against us, which would be a bit of an advantage. What about you, Sam? How many points we take out of them three games, mate? Uh, I'd be happy with six. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I think so. Six I would points. love nine. That'd be really great. That would be. That'd be really good. <laughs> okay, boys. Um, so Darren will be leading up a podcast after the Bournemouth game with Tony and I believe who's that dude that you had on last week what's his I'm hoping Liam Liam Liam. so yeah Liam Um, and you three boys so look everybody thank you for tuning in thank you for for um, understanding you know the issues that I've also had this year and and look the the DMs just keep rolling in Tony so (laughs) (laughs) Um, look Merry Christmas to everybody I hope Santa's really good to you um, and yeah, stay safe, travel safe, and for all your holidays and whatnot. A white, what, what is it? A white Christmas over there for you, Sam? Is it? <laughs> Actually, uh, it's about mid fifties, sixties right now. <laughs> oh, shit, there you go. Well, what about you, Tony? Uh, it's not white. It's grim and cold, but it ain't white. Miserable <laughs> fucking place, isn't it? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay boys uh, thank you again and I'll, I'll speak to you during the week thanks Tony yes. thanks Sam yep cheers and thank you everybody for listening and tuning in to the clock and talk see ya Thank you.